I am Iris Berkeley taking a few minutes out on the afternoon sound alternative because I have the total honor to be speaking with the legendary Adrian Ballou in advance of his front range shows with Jerry Harrison and Cool Cool Cool. That's Thursday and Friday on a tour celebrating the Talking Heads iconic album Remain in Light. Thank you so much for taking the time out today to chat with us. Oh, my pleasure. I can't wait to be there again. I love everybody there. <laughs> uh, well, we love you. We're glad you're back here. I've got so many questions because like for those of us who were not lucky enough to to see the Talking Heads on what turned out to be just like this legendary tour supporting that fourth record back in 1980. This tour y'all are doing this winter has kind of given us a second chance. Like, how did this whole thing even happen? Well, I'm going to say maybe five years ago, Jerry Harrison and I were talking. Uh, he would usually come to my shows and we were talking about how impressed and happy we were with this video that's on YouTube that's called Live in Rome 1980. And that's the 10-piece extended band that did the Remain in Light tour. And I, I would say, you know, it's just one of those things. It's such a happy vibe. And it's I always felt like it's just something that the world needs again. Yeah. And so we talked about it more than once, but we couldn't figure out exactly could we ever do it. And we decided, well, let's see if we can figure it out for 2020, the 40th anniversary of the record Remain in Light. Well, obviously, 2020 came and went because of COVID. But meanwhile, Jerry Harrison had produced a band called Turquoise, and he called me and said, you know, I just produced this band. They started 10 years ago based on Talking Heads music, and they're huge fans, and they're a great band. They have a horn section. They have two uh, female singers, and, you know, they have everything we need. So a month or so later, they came, Turquoise came to Nashville, and um, Jerry flew in from San Francisco, and he and I and my wife went to see them. They played their first three songs, and I turned to Jerry and said, you're right. This is perfect. Let's uh -huh. do this. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And so for this tour, you, because Cool, Cool, Cool is some of the folks from Turquoise, and, and you've got in total, what, nine other people on stage with you? No, it's an 11-piece band. We actually have oh. a percussionist that's added to the band, and uh, my bass player, Julie Slick, from my trio for 17 years, mm -hmm. has replaced the original bass player. They restarted as uh, Cool, Cool, Cool. Nice. So it's an 11-piece band, mostly Turquoise members, and uh, we have, you know, three or four of us maybe even five of us that sing. So that's spread out between us. No one's trying to, you know, take the single role of David Byrne. We have, by the way, been blessed by everyone in Talking Heads. Christine okay. and David have all said they're really happy we're doing this. None of them can join us or want to join us, I mm -hmm. guess. But that's okay, because I think what we're doing is so good and so much correctly in the spirit of that tour. And that was our blueprint. We went back to that show and said, well, let's stay kind of close to this show, but maybe add in a few new wrinkles. So uh, we do one of Jerry's songs. We do one of my songs, which is a King Crimson song. And the rest is all talking heads. And it's wow. really a joyous occasion. <laughs> yeah, it sounds amazing. I am so looking forward to this. I guess I've got the same question for you that I would have had back on that original tour, which is just like something I always wondered, is how do you translate that original studio? sound the original record into something live at that kind of scale i've always always wondered how that went down 
Well, the reason that the Talking Heads had to turn it into a much larger band is because there was just simply too much on the record that couldn't be covered. Uh, as you may know, the record was really one of the first ever records to be recorded in single track layers. So there'll be one part that's played by a rhythm guitar, then there'll be it'll go all the way through the song in one key, then another one added that's different than a keyboard one, then so on. So at the end, they had, I don't know, 50 or 60 tracks. And when they mixed and produced it with Brian Eno, what they would do is they would go from a one grouping of tracks to another grouping of tracks, and that would kind of make the differences between uh, a verse or a chorus or something. But all the songs in that record are all in one key, which is, for me as a guitar player, <laughs> fantastic. Because <laughs> I didn't have to think at all, you know. They're all in one key. I never had to think about, you know, key changes or, or arrangements. The only problem is, of course, you, you don't have any signposts, so you do have mm. to think, uh, I guess, about arrangements, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so for that reason, they couldn't really do the record live without a lot of extra people. So we rehearsed for four days, two mm. of them without David Byrne. He mm. wasn't available yet. And we sorted out all the parts and all the vocals and things, and we left right off the bat. We only had four days rehearsal. It was pretty mm. kind of shaky, and we flew up to Canada for the Mossport Convention, and it was so 70,000 people. Wow. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> No pressure. The second show was 125,000 oh uh, in Central Park. So after we did those two shows, they were so successful that they called me a little bit later and said, look, we want to take this now around the world. And that's how it happened. Nice. You bring up those first couple of shows and we're actually because you're going to be here on Thursday at the Ogden in Denver and then Friday at the Boulder Theater. And those are the first two nights in a pretty long tour because this is going on until like June, right? Well, actually, there's a big break in the middle. Um, I think there's something like 28 shows to start with. And then there's a break during which I do another whole tour of the Celebrating David Bowie show that I do, uh -huh. which is also a big band and also an incredible show. And then we come back together in June, and I think we have 17 more shows then, some of them with uh, Les Claypool and Sean Lennon, Frog Brigade. All right. So what's on your mind those first couple of performances as you're, you know, getting all the King Sire now and just gelling as a band? Like, what, what are you thinking of in those first few nights? Well, it's interesting. You know, we, we did these first round of shows uh, last year and some even of the previous year, and they were all festivals, so they were all really spaced apart. There were times when we didn't play together for a whole month or more. And then we'd show up and do one festival. Yeah. yeah. So we're quite used to showing up <laughs> <laughs> and playing, although we will have one rehearsal day. Though I don't expect there really will be any wrinkles. I think everybody knows what we're doing. Everybody's very good and very professional. I expect we'll just relax and start right where we last yes. ended. It sounds like you're going to have fun. It is. A, it's a load of fun. I really enjoy the shows, and I know the audiences really enjoy them. That's what I love about it. But uh, for me, my role, I do some of the singing. I guess I do five or six songs, and I play things I played on the record and things that I didn't play on the record. And for me, it's just a lot of fun because it's a really open palette. It's, I won't say simple music, but it's fun, funky music, and it's not hard for me. So I can just lay back and enjoy it <laughs> and watch the audience have 
fun. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, and it must be like, especially for you and Jerry Harrison, it must be a really interesting experience to like map back to this thing you did a couple of decades ago and just who's different, what's different, just where you are. I mean, I don't want to get too metaphysical, but is that is that an interesting experience? It really is. Um, you know, Jerry and I have maintained our friendship all through the years, but during most of those years, decades worth, Jerry was really more a producer than a live performer. So he hadn't really performed for more than 20 years much. And so I was so happy when he got back out on stage because it just thrilled him so much. I mean, after the first show, we hugged each other and he was, you know, he was in tears. He was so happy. And that, that made me really happy because I knew it meant so much to him. We had talked about it, as I said, a lot of times. And uh, we're just lucky that it, it actually came together as well as it did. And I think it's just going to be great for the audiences. So it's all good. And then you've been super busy on the road between the Bowie celebration and you just released, is it your 25th solo record? 25th solo record. Elevator, yeah, mm -hmm. and we did a really wonderful tour with my trio for that all across the United States and into Canada. And then, of course, we did uh, last year more of this Talking Heads Remain in Light show. See, <laughs> I've done a, I was looking at my calendar, which I was filling in this morning, and I already have uh, something like 62 shows wow. within the first, well, from here to the end of June. <laughs> wow. and, yeah. And that's been like a bunch of different sounds, too, because you've got your solo work in the Bowie Celebration and Remain in Light. And then like not long before that was the 40th of King Crimson's Discipline album. But they're all such different sounds, such different vibes, like all coming from the same person. How do you uh, how do you keep track of that? Or, or do you do you need to? Are they all just different versions of you? Well, the King Crimson material, I have continued to play throughout my solo career. You know, a dozen worth of those songs from my 33 years have made up at different points uh, my shows that I do with my own solo band, mainly the Power Trio. So I haven't forgotten those. <laughs> <laughs> the David Bowie ones, every time we go out, and this would be my fourth time of doing the David Bowie celebration, the members of the band change. Mm. So depending on the members of the band, that dictates the material that we're going to concentrate on. So I've learned a lot of Bowie songs over these three or four tours, mm. and I'll be doing new ones that I never did before on the next tour. <laughs> the Talking Heads material... I hadn't played for since I played it in 1980. I never played any of those songs again. I mean, because I never had a 10-piece band. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I had to go back and figure all that out. One thing I didn't do is try to play exactly what I played on the records, because that would be a bit hopeless. I don't have any of the same gear. It's you know, And more than that, I think what I do now, I prefer. I feel like I have so many more new, exciting ideas. I'd rather put those in place. But yeah, it's a lot of thinking. <laughs> it's a good thing I put my thinking cap on. It covers my bald head. Oh. <laughs> well, we are, we are so psyched to have you back in our neighborhood. I, I guess, is there anything you would like the folks in our listening audience, our, our KGN universe, as we say, to know when they come see you this weekend? Well, I know we're inside in a theater rather than the festivals that we normally have played. The last place we played was San Francisco for over 100,000 people. So this will mm -hmm. be more, you know, focused and inside. But I guarantee you, you will want to get up and dance because that's the Talking Heads music. It's feel-good, danceable music. And whether you're young and you don't know the music, or you've never seen the band, or whether you're a lifetime fan, get out of your seats and have a great time.
even in the theater, just just have a great time. So, so wear your comfy shoes. Yeah, wear comfy shoes and uh, and you know just enjoy it. It's uh, you know I don't know how long we'll be able to do this. With we're only covering a certain amount of uh, cities. I hope we can do more. But if you get the chance, don't don't miss this one. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time out to chat with us today. Uh, we have been speaking with Adrian Ballou in advance of his appearances with Jerry Harrison and Cool 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 on Thursday at the Ogden and Friday at the Boulder Theater. That's the opening weekend. There remain in light. For celebrating that iconic Talking Heads album. It has been such a treat to talk with you, and I am so personally looking forward to the show. I'm, I'm going to sneak one last question in before I let you go. Okay, Iris, I'm ready. All right. Seeing as how it's Valentine's Day, can you recommend one love song to see us out of this interview? One, one of your own songs or something you've collaborated on? I've got a few ideas, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, I do have a lot of my own songs that I think would fit the bill. Oh, I'm going to choose Big Blue Sun. That's one of my songs. Uh, I played and sang everything on it. It was when I had newly fallen in love with my wife, now been my wife for 30 years. And uh, it's it's desperately passionate love song. <laughs> so uh, try Big Blue Sun and... Happy Valentine's Day to all you young lovers and old, and I hope all of us uh, have many more.